Turn with me in the Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And before I do that, pull up, Barb, if you don't mind, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. What God has for all of us today is to have what happens when you have a connection made with the Lord in his word by his spirit and all the benefits that God has given us in Jesus Christ. And I want to show that process in our, all of us. But I had a word the Lord spoke and said, I want you to tell my intercessors. I have a project for you. You are in this project, and you probably, many of you will go, oh, of course, I know what you're talking about. And it's all found in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 is one of the most prophetic pictures of, of partnering from the earth with truth when, un, when there is an understanding of what heaven wants to accomplish or heaven has promised to do. And then approach heaven with humility and to identify even with the transgressors and recognize there's no difference in, in man's efforts. The best of us is the worst of us as far as God's perfection. We're not heard because of him. And then out of the intercession, it does set in motion a new, new, new activity on the earth, but it also opens a prophetic window that Daniel experiences the call of the last days, the very, very end of end. All of this in a simple prayer. And I want to ask, the Lord is saying, if you're hearing, I have much that I've already spoken that's in my word that I want to bring to pass in the earth today. I do not, I want you to come to me with my scripture as I give understanding and acknowledge and recognize, or if you will be willing to, I do not do anything without first telling someone to agree with me with what I've said I would do. I want my intercessors to join with me in my word and truth and let me begin to shift things that are to come undo things that are, and to release things from the past. I believe, that's, I believe that's for you, me. Daniel is a prophet that no longer is being called to call to Israel to get out of where they are, to try to avoid what was happening, or to try to explain to them these were the punishments because of what you're doing. He was a prophet in the midst of what would have been a Babylonian empire, which all and yet he was ruling from within the system. But without trying to change the system, he just walked with God, and God would always call him into a moment. And this was a care, powerful moment. So first five, six verses, just as, a, as a, a point of, yeah, first five verses. Daniel 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. So time stamp. All things in the kingdom enter in some point of a time stamp. That's why when God does something, you'll remember the day and the place where you were and what time it was that God spoke. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. That's why we read our Bible. How would you know what God has written unless you read it? And when you read it, there are things he wants to now talk about that are as, as magnificent as this 
completion. That's the restoration of, of Jerusalem. And so he said, I understood through the, the word of the Lord, through the Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now he had, So all of a sudden, he's, we're on the timetable. This is the time. We're, we're here. But there nothing, nothing in the earth happens without God activating someone or some ones who say, Father, I want to come into agreement with what you promised, and I want to approach you in a manner that you will respond because we, it's not an automatic. It's like if it was just an automatic, faith wouldn't be required, and we could all live lives of you know, self-righteousness and feel we're pretty good. But God's always looking for faith. So I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer. So when I understand God is doing, has made a promise, the next step is I have to step into prayer. We are in a season of seeking God. There is so much for the Lord to reveal in his church, through his church, but it takes someone who will step it up. I request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Daniel was intent, and there is coming a strong anointing of the intercessor again. That again is from the Father. There's a call to the intercessor, those who will close the closet door, step aside, disengage from the outside rhetoric, and step inside from the word of the Lord by the Spirit of God to begin to agree with God and approach him with sincerity and and humility. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. This is such a design, artful prayer. Acknowledge God, his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, and, and his willingness to be a, a, a responding inside of covenant. We have sinned. Daniel will never say, they have sinned. He'll never say, those. He say, all he'll say is, we have sinned, we and our fathers. We have sinned and committed iniquity. Now, I would imagine he was a pretty righteous man. But he, it's not about righteousness. is isn't going to attract Jesus. He comes for where sin is. Where sin is, he comes. Because he's a friend of the sinner. He came to heal the the weak. He comes to find not was the lost tribe of Israel, but now it's the lost house of Jesus, the church. He says, we've done wickedly. We rebelled by departing from your precepts and your judgments. We didn't pay attention. We didn't read the Bible. Neither have we heeded the servants, the prophets, who spoke to you in your name to our kings and princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Now, the, whole, the prayer continues, and I, that's not my subject. I noticed my time. When Gabriel shows up, he speaks to Daniel, and he said, from the first day you set your heart into prayer, you were heard. And now I've come to give you understanding, not just that this prayer will now be, in fact, fulfilled, the prophecy of Jeremiah for 70 years, but I'm going to talk about 70 of 70 years. I'm going to talk about the end time. I'm going to talk about the last, and I'm, I'll even, I'm going to introduce to you how this entire things will happen in the, your people. So there are things that God is longing to reveal to his servants. And he, I believe this house has a number of 
have qualified, have been before God. They are not moved by what's being said by anyone. They're moved to be moved by what is God saying in the word to me? What is my assignment of agreement? How do I come low and come under? How do I identify? How do I get Father to uh, release it? Some of you will remember yesterday we read about Abigail in Second, First Samuel. Abigail was the wife of Nabal. Nabal was a scoundrel. He was a corporate maverick, a raider. He made money hand over fist, wealthy. And he was sharing his sheep, and David had been protecting his sheep because he was keeping himself out of Saul's grasp. And he sent his men on the feast day. And the feast day was, can you help us? We've been caring for you. We didn't take anything of yours. Can you show the, what you know, the Bible teaches about, you know, celebrating, helping us? He just got, I don't have anything to do with you. You, you, you get out. And so David responds with the determination, I'm going to kill every one of you. This man was a powerful man. And Abigail, his wife, hears of it from one of the servants David sent 10 men. Your, your, your master, your husband spoke rudely, and I think they're coming to kill us. And so she rises up, and she gets it together, and she just moves, intervening into a situation that could have really gone, gone squirrely and was going. And she comes artfully. She bows low, and she says, and here, I want you to hear this, men and women. She said, let this sin that just occurred be upon me because Nabal is a fool. And I didn't hear, and had I heard, I would have responded. So here it is now. Here's the gifts. Here's the resource. Here's the blessing. Thank you. And, I'm, and then, because God, God loves mercy, if you can find a way to ask him to show his mercy, he'll always do it if it's sincere and humble. He says, she says, you know, I'm so glad that I'm here because you're going to be a great man. You're going to be a king. And when you come into your kingdom, you don't want to have to remember one day you took vengeance in your own hand. In the kingdom, vengeance by our own hand is never God. God always brings vengeance by his hand. He says, vengeance is mine. So that's why he doesn't allow us to execute judgment over our enemies. He said, no, you've got to love them instead. It's a very convoluted but very powerful principle of the kingdom. So she said, now you're, one day you'll come in your kingdom and you will remember that you didn't. You didn't take vengeance on your enemy and that won't blight your conscience. And he's going, whoa. I am so glad you came because that is truth. He's lived that truth, but he almost lost acting that truth at a crucial moment. That's intercession. That's joining in the crucial moment. But with God, because it's with his son, there's so many things that can can be brought back to the Lord. I remember it was a number of 20 years ago. There were a lot of prophetic words going in Cal over California. Uh, maybe it's 25 years ago. Some of them were saying, you know, California's going to be judged, and it's time for, if I were you, I'd get out, of the, get out of California, move out. And we had a few church family members hear those and say, you know what, we're moving out. <laughs> well, I can't move out. I can't move out just because something's going good or something's going bad. I have to stay where God placed me. But I started to ask the Lord, what do we do with this? What do I do with this? And I began a question. So a lot of times prayer can be open a door of questions, which opens the door to revelation that gives you authority. And the simple question was, in sincerity, 
God, Father, is the blood of Jesus greater than the sin of California? I had to ask that because they were, because effectively were saying, no, God. And so I said, I come to you. Ask that the blood of Jesus, it speaks better than the blood of, of Cain, of Abel, that says vengeance. Your blood speaks forgiveness. So I'm going to stand here and I begin to ask you for forgiveness to be extended to California. Once I began to pray that prayer, then the next unfolding for me was, California has not yet seen Jesus. The last time we saw him in a strong way would have been back in the Jesus movement. But we haven't had the revelation of Jesus Christ. So don't judge us in our ignorance. Bring us our salvation. Reveal your son to us. And you could feel, I, you, you'll, you'll learn, you feel the, the Lord saying, that's a good prayer, pray that way. And thanks be to God, we, in fact, we did have an earthquake, a magnitude of an earthquake, as large as a Northridge earthquake that had happened in 18, 1994. This earthquake, I'd forget the date of it, but it's, it's um, no, it was 84. It was, you know, no, 94. This, this happens, we have this earthquake in Joshua Trails, Tree, Joshua Tree. The same magnitude. Should have just, but it was in the desert by a military base, Joshua tree, Jesus cross. Something took and absorbed. The earth was allowed to shake, but it didn't have to rattle and roll over things. So, so the, the, this is a season, I believe, of the living body to step into the truth of God's word and partner with Holy Spirit and step out of the, the fray of everything on the around and begin to say, Lord, how do I agree with you and follow you? So that's, that's that. Uh, take Daniel 9, take a little time to meditate on it. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. I'll take five, ten minutes to just open this. Hmm. Although the Bible is all about men calling upon the name of the Lord. For once the fall came, and will continue into the last day, the seeking of God, the valuing you above all things, the recognition of without you we can do nothing, and choosing other things other than you causes you to be separated from us in function and help until we discover that we've gone our own way, did our own thing, and then we can return. Because of the Son, we can immediately and fully be reunited in our place of fellowship. And we are grateful for that. But that is not a static position, as you tell us in John. So we desire today to return. Every one of us, begin with me. I want to return. I want to return to where I am in Christ, according to your purpose and plan, that you were put gave me before time began. I do not want to live outside of where I've been called to live inside of. And I ask that for all of us right now in this house. We thank you for the very encouraging words you've been giving and encounters. And let it unlock for every one of us. I want to just 
just like recalibrate, just come right back into the center of God and center of his will and center of his way and the full revelation of the Son. And here are the scriptures that tell us just, in fact, how that happens any day, every day, as we apply our faith to the word. Your spirit helps make it happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, no, 3, not 5, 3, chapter 3. That's a good one. All right. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Veils are everywhere right now. And they were there over the heart of Israel when they read, read the Old Testament. And how a veil is taken away, no matter whether it's a brass ceiling over a region or a veil over a heart or mourning of her life, it's taken away when we turn. We turn to the Lord. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So once the encounter of turning, all the, all the, all the reasons to which I cannot see are removed and all the blockage from me seeing is no longer current, and I have accessibility. And the Spirit of God starts with liberty and freedom. But we all, all of us, that's Southern for King James, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The word mirror is the Bible. The most clearest picture of how do we discover this fullness of the glory. It's inside the Bible. So in the mirror, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord is the key. It's where everything happens because it's from the glory we begin to live from the place of resource that we were given in Adam when they were naked and covered in glory and were no longer, and they, they fellowshiped in a life of being sustained by God. Hold, behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. <clears throat> Transform is where we come with the word metamorphosis. It's a Greek word we get our English word metamorphosis, which is it's like the idea of the, the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's a, it's, a, it's a place where everything that you were, you, all the elements of what you are are used, but everything is undone to become what it is now in the sun. So as I behold the glory of the Lord in, in the mirror, I begin to walk in transforma uh, transformation. We saw that on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, it, it's so, it, there's, this is unlimited, and it's going to accelerate if we'll but take, pay attention to see who Jesus is in the Word. So from glory to glory, we're transformed from glory to glory. So one, one degree of glory to another. Whatever I see, it says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, I'm transformed into the same image. You have to see Jesus to become like Jesus. If you don't see Jesus, you don't become like Jesus. You, you, you become a part of a club or a community or a culture or a national. You just, I, I'm a Christian by heritage. My country's Christian. All of those, but not this kingdom. It's all through experiencing and submitting to and receiving and rejoicing. And there we are by the Spirit of the Lord. Over, unlimited, and the man has not seen yet 
nor eyes heard, nor entered the heart of man, the things that God's prepared for those who love him, yet it has been revealed to us by his Spirit. So we're here. Chapter 4, verse 1. I'm not going to skip this because usually I jump to the good stuff. But I'm learning through reading the Bible that the bad stuff has to be eaten. It's the vegetables. Without the vegetables, you're just eating donuts and wondering why you got sugar rushes and dying and divine. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we don't lose heart. It's a real call to not give up right now. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. We have to just recognize there's parts of life that we were a part of that no longer are allowed to be a part of us, and they're no longer of value, and they're no longer permitted, and we're living in a whole other rule, the reign of Christ. So we renounce it. Not walking in craftiness, trickery, or nor handling the Word of God deceitfully. You'll be surprised. The New Testament is full of telling us there are going to be those using the Bible to for their own benefit, for their own advantage, and they'll deceive many. We're not doing that. But by the manifestation of the truth, the truth is Jesus, truth is his, in his word, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, let me explain that. To have a witness, it has to be out of our, from our conscience with our relationship that we have with God to the conscience of someone else. If I stand up here and tell you a bunch of lies that I maybe find the trickery of convincing and showing and demonstrating, but they're not genuine, your conscience will pick that up. We have to, we have to awaken our conscience. But we don't have an awakened conscience unless we keep our conscience pure before God. So we try to resolve the conflicts that we find ourselves in. We try to submit to what he's saying. So we're not being dishonest. You know, we're, not, we're trying to practice what we're seeing. We're living out. And so I want, my, I want you to have the truth that I'm seeing being commended to you out of my conscience. And the only way I know that I can do that and have a, a, a knowledge that it will happen is that it's in the sight of God. We all live before God. He sees everything we do. He sees every thought before we think it. He hears every word out of our mouth, even the mumbling, grumbling. And he knows us from the heart that is demonstrated in the outward. And this is so, he's saying, okay, we're in a ministry that's been given. We've got to disengage from the past. We can't use the worldly ways. I remember first, you know, getting saved and thinking uh, it, the big deal then was a sublime suggestion. Do you remember that? You know, you get something that attracts the, the person and they'll go to the ad. And I thought to myself, I want to do that for Jesus. And then God had to say, well, I'm not trying to get to people's flesh. I'm not going to use a unholy method to motivate. I'm not even going to try to trick people. I, they've got to choose me. And they've got to find me. And they're going to have to value me. So it's like, okay, that's another one of the worldly ways doesn't work. But that's this, this is something holy. So he says, but for even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. See, people are dying because the gospel's not being proclaimed. And not the, because the whole gospel is not being proclaimed. We're not even, people are just, there's things that people need to hear. 
that if we don't read these stuff, we realize, well, hmm, I guess that doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I think. It doesn't matter what I say. I guess those things don't really have any issue. I believe in Jesus. But the Bible is fully clear that a victorious, triumphant, overcoming life is not available to a baby, fleshly, soulish people. We'll always have to be taught again. Teach me. Tell me again that Jesus loves me. Why, why am I feeling like he doesn't love me? Well, because the Holy Spirit's convicting you. He's not, not loving you. He's convicting you. It's like, the, you know, first the baby, we have a little Cora here. And, you know, what can she do? She's just, you know, not even a year yet. But if my oldest daughter shows up, we have a relationship that's grown through maturity that she acts as, holds her place as an adult. In fact, there's, so it's, it's a maturing that we're calling into. The church is called to mature to, to, into the likeness of Christ. I don't know about, I, that is a, a, without blemish, a holy and so forth. So all whose minds, if it's blinded, it's because the God of this world is blinding the mind of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ would shine on them. That's how life changes. For we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. Anything you're preaching that's not Jesus Christ as Lord is ourselves. And once you start preaching yourself, you will start moving in strange pressures on people to get them to follow what you're saying because of what you're saying is part of what's coming from you. You're the wind. But he said, no, we're just preaching Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of this moment. He's the Lord of this eternity. He's king. And we, we're your servants. We're each other's servants. We're nobody great. We're just servants, body, members, lovers, family. For if is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Follow me on this because all of this is inside of us in Christ. And I want us to pray this, but he says, God, who commanded light to shine in darkness, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. And then the Spirit's hovering over the darkness and the voidness and the chaos. And then all of a sudden, light be. When he spoke, let there be light. Light was. And how did it, where did it come from? It came out of darkness. It wasn't, this was, this is its own way. This very phenomenon is the God who has shown in our hearts. This dark, evil, fearful, doubting, cursing heart that God found when he revealed the light of Jesus Christ to me caused light to shine, illuminate, and my heart began to see. And I began to say, yes, that is who you are, and I receive who you are. And once I believe, then I get to become, have an experience. It says it is God. He shines in our heart. The light of the knowledge, experience of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See, where is the future? The face of Jesus Christ. Where is the deliverance from my past? The face of Jesus Christ. Where is the dismantling of structures that are continually hurting me? In the face of Jesus Christ. I behold you. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Every one of us carrying this capacity, this potential, this possibility, because it's in our body, a verso, earthen vessel. 
that the excellence of the power, the power that does transformation, brings change, the fruit of glory in the Word is of God. It doesn't originate from us. So we can't go to uh, self-help methods. We can't try to drum up our mind. We have to come into the position of honesty and begin to let God hear who we are, but then hear who God is and then agree with who God says Jesus is. Now, the first place to begin with is that Jesus Christ is salvation. And if any man will call upon the name of the Lord, he will be saved. Not just the first day, but every day thereafter. To call on his name. To, to believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Why did he raise him from the dead? To prove that all sin was atoned for in the sacrifice of his son. And that now a new creation had been brought forth that is demonstrated in the resurrection of Christ. And according to Romans 8, he's the firstborn of many of us brethren to whom we are all being conformed into his likeness. So when I say I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and I confess Jesus, you are my Lord. God the Father says that's all, I'll, that's all I need and I'll always demand it. I will not let you deviate from that connection. You will because you all, we all wander. But whenever you need to return, it's as simple as that. Believe that I raised Jesus from the dead. So therefore, your life is in him and your futures are for you. And resurrection is always the answer that God can bring us out of death. How many would like to just receive a fresh touch of salvation? Can we do it? If you'll pray this prayer, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins. And he lives today for my life. I believe we raised him from the dead. And I confess, declare, that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I receive salvation in Jesus. Now what will come is an acknowledgement. We agree. We don't necessarily, we can't produce it, but we can agree. And we can begin to agree with the word. That's why the Bible is the power to salvation. So we begin with thank you. Lord, thank you for my salvation in Christ. Thank you that it doesn't matter what I've done, where I've been, what's happened to me, what others have done. I am saved. I have got life, eternal life in the Son. Thank you. Thank you. I praise you. I thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's activation. See, this is what we want to do Wednesday. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. All right, let's not stop. When when Paul met the, uh, uh, the Ephesians today in our Bible reading, Acts 19, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. See, ignorance will keep us out of blessing, out of promise. So he said, well, no, the, what did, were you baptized? Oh, we got baptized in John's baptism. Well, that was the beginning, the repentance, to lead to the one who was coming. And that one, Jesus, is whom we're baptized into now, and we received the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many would like to have a refreshing to the Holy Spirit, a renewal? Every day it's possible and it begins one day when we receive. So Heavenly Father, our mouths included, yes. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ 
is my Messiah, my Christ, my anointed one. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And I might speak with other tongues as you give me ability. I receive your Holy Spirit, the anointing, the glory, the transformation. Now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, now begin to thank him and praise him for a moment. Tongues always show up in praise. Thank you. Thank you that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't, I may not, oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now in honor of what God gives us, because prayer is often beyond my mind's ability to grasp or my thanksgiving ability to speak, let's start to speak in other tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues, open your mouth, begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. And then just keep sound coming without trying to formulate the words in English. Jesus, Jesus, worthy. Alla mamma ma ieri la mareo io saia Uya na male ana io amo sia Oh let the sound of praise rise up again Let the sound of tongues come forth prayer languages You don't know where to go he does Alla ma ieri ma ieri know what to do he does Hayara moro moria ieri amo yara ma hayara Uya na male ana ieri mo yoromo suya ma ya Two more beautiful things, and then we'll go into worship and we'll release everyone. Two more beautiful things in salvation is healing and deliverance. Healing is where, because Jesus bore our sickness, carried our diseases, because he was the one who, who part of the penalty of the separation of man was sin, which brought disease, which brought demons, which brought destruction. He took the curse upon him, the judgment upon him, it all became a part of him. And when God the Father was satisfied that all of this had been resolved, the penalty had been paid, the curse had been exhausted, the condemnation was done, he then said to his son, you're alive. And he called him out of, the, he called him out of death. He called him out of sickness. Out of, he was the first healed. So he who is healed is in me, in us. He who's healed is in us. So yeah, whatever it is, I want us to tell the Lord, Lord, heal me as you were healed. Bring your healing to this place in my body, to this time in my life. He will listen. He will hear. He knows where you're hurting. He already knows where we're sick. He wants to us to agree with the resurrection with the victory with the with the, the the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I declare that all sickness attaching 
itself to the body of Jesus Christ in this location and this moment and online and those who will listen later that at this moment a sin and now sickness is eradicated. Yes. It's loosing the body, letting go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now, same Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in us. So he gives life to our mortal body. So now begin agreeing. Lord, I agree. I am well. I'm made whole in Christ. I have his name. Sickness cannot continue in my life because Jesus paid the price. And I receive healing. I receive your healing. I receive. You see, we're, we're agreeing. We're, we're accepting truth. And the Spirit of God will produce the truth we receive. Now, the last thing, and then we'll worship, is deliverance. Deliverance is the hand of God to take us out of captivity of any kind. Mental torment, demonic structures that we open doors to because we played around with this stuff and went over there. It just eradicates problems that we can't seem to resolve, that seem to kind of like invisibly hold us captive. We don't see how to get out of it. Well, in the name of Jesus, demons are cast out. In the name of Jesus, strongholds come down. In the name of Jesus, hopelessness has to yield to hopefulness. In the name of Jesus, glory comes. Glory, glory, glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have given to us salvation, baptism, healing, deliverance in the Son. And we choose now to accept these truths available to be manifest and demonstrated in our life right now. And now we worship you and we give you praise and we receive more and we experience more from glory to glory, from glory to glory by your spirit. In Jesus' name.